BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Software Radio. I'm your host today, Steve Balistrieri. Joining me, we have a great guest today. A lot of you people who follow the NFL will know our guest today. Donnie Edwards played 14 years in the NFL. Most of it with the, uh, oh, I want to say it was almost pretty much split between the uh, San Diego Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. He played 14 years. He was a, I'd say, uh, without trying to be too rude, an undersized linebacker, but he remained remarkably healthy for his uh, his career until his final year in the NFL. And since then, he's uh, started his own foundation for the, uh, to support the military called the Best Defense Foundation. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk about a little bit about his personal life. And uh, But be- 
before we go any further, we have to welcome him to the podcast. Donnie, we really appreciate you taking the time today. It's uh, a dream come true for me because, uh, like I said, I'm a football fanatic. So uh, I remember in your playing days, you were a guy I always wanted on my team. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're a Patriots fan, of course, right? <laughs> Living in the, <laughs> on, yeah. on that New England area, yeah. the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I have to ask you before we get into all this, uh, back in the day when you were playing uh, around the 2000, I want to say 2004 through 2007 timeframe, there was always these rumors that the Patriots were trying to bring you on board. Did you ever hear anything that they were trying to trade for you or did they ever approach you in a contract year to, you know, maybe come up to New England and play in the snow? You know what, I'm trying to remember now, because I remember when I was leaving uh, in 2006, after I left the San Diego Chargers, after going 14-2, and two, and probably uh, arguably one of the best teams I've ever played on, uh, for sure, with LT and Phillip and the whole crew and Sean Merriman and everybody. Um, I thought that, if I remember correctly, I think the, uh, the New England Patriots were potentially looking at me, I believe. And I remember I wanted a multi-year deal, and I think they're only offering a one-year deal. I don't in hindsight, you know, <laughs> I think they might've won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> no, they didn't so, win yeah, that year. I, I, um, uh, the next year they went undefeated, but they lost in the Super Bowl. Did they? Oh, that's right. They went undefeated. That's right. Yeah. I remember yeah. That. yeah but uh, maybe yeah, if they team. had you, they might've uh, stopped the giants on that last drive. Oh yeah. That was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you give credit where credit's due. You know, it's not given, it's earned. And nothing but the utmost respect for the Patriots and that whole team and Belichick and the whole crew. I mean, every year they find a way to compete and win. And, you know, everybody can hate on them. I mean, trust me, it's a team you you want to you learn well, to everybody hate. Everybody hates the guys that are winning. You know, that's always. Of course, that's the way it is. And, you know, being at the top, it's it, it's hard because all these teams that think that they're adequate enough and they can beat you they they try to come up and play so as a top team you gotta you gotta show up and the Patriots did that year after year after year after year I think the last 19 years or 20 years I mean they've been really competitive and credit goes right due to their hard work now um you know we mentioned your durability and uh, you know you mentioned Bill Belichick earlier one of the things he loves about players is guys who are durable the guys that are out there every year you know, yeah. in your 14 mm -hmm. years, the first 13, you missed two games <laughs> until your final year and you got hurt. But playing linebacker in a very, very physical sport, which is the NFL, <laughs> in a very physical position playing linebacker, what do you attribute to the, your longevity for one? And, you know, the fact that you were so durable, I mean, did you do anything special or was it just good genes? You know, I had a chip on my shoulder. I mean, you got to understand, coming into the league in 1996, I was a tweener, as they called me. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? He's a tweener. He's kind of in the middle, 225 pounds, coming from UCLA. They didn't know how to, class, you know, how to classify me. And I told him, I said, it doesn't matter. Don't put me in the category. Just let me play, and I'll show you. So just put me on the field. And the thing about it is, like, I know some of the teams, uh, when I was being drafted, said that, um, you know, this is a big boys game. You know, at the time, Steve, you know, linebackers were 255, you know, big, yeah. big old linebackers. And now, you know, I'm coming in at 225, 
but he, you know, I prided myself on, 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 on durability, you know, just to, to discount the naysayers, you know, that says that, you know, this is a big man's game, won't be able to stop the run and things like that. So, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. You know, uh, my first year in Kansas City, um, I was around some incredible veterans, guys like Derek Thomas, Tracy Simeon, um, Tracy Rogers. Uh, you know, these guys, and also Marcus Patton a couple years later, I mean, these guys gave me the, 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 uh, the blueprint on how to stay uh, durable and how to go about it. You know, it's like they always told me, like, you have to continue to lift. Keep your muscles taut. Keep your muscles, you know, your muscles just tight and make sure that you have that barrier protection to help you through the season because you're going to get bumped and bruised. I mean, playing linebacker in the NFL, I mean, I play in the front, front seven. I mean, we initiate contact every play. And, of course, you're going to get bumped and bruised. But what they told me is, like, even sometimes when you're so tired, you're so sore after a game, lift, lift, lift. And i never forget, um, after the Pittsburgh Steelers, I separated my shoulder. And they injected me in the game and went, you know, going back into the game. And I remember, like, of course, when the drugs wore off on Monday morning, I was just, like, so sore. I couldn't lift my shoulder. And i never forget, Marcus Patton took me in the weight room. He says, I'm going to fix this shoulder. And he says, do this, do that, and do that. I'm like, lift? <laughs> lift weights right now? He's like, absolutely. He's like, I'm not leaving until you do it. And lo and behold, I mean, I made the muscles around it stronger. You know, like, you make the muscles around it stronger to hold your shoulder in place. And it worked. And ever since then, I just had this, this, you know, this understanding, like, you know, if it's sore, you work on it, you lift on it. I mean, if it's a hamstring, you go to the training room and you do the exercises and the stretches and the strength exercises to make it, to make it happen. Because see, playing in this, in, <laughs> playing in this league, you're hurt every week, you know, but you have to go out there and still perform and play because if you don't perform, you're out. So you got to be durable. You got to find a way to keep yourself on the field. And those are some of the ways that I was able to be on the field and stay durable for all these years. I mean, there's not one game where I was hundred percent healthy, <laughs> you yeah. know, but maybe yeah, the first one of the year. Yeah. <laughs> not even that. Cause you're coming from training camp. Yeah, back when training true. camp was yeah, back when training camp was real training camp where you had three weeks of two a days, like real mm-hmm. two a days. And let's not forget. I had Marty Schottenheimer and also Dick Vermeil. So two and a half hours of, of pads, padded practice. And I know you've been on the field. You've seen some of that. You know how it is. I mean, when you have just like tackling drills, you know, when you're 32 years old, eh, I've kind of been there already. Don't, I, I know how to tackle pretty well, you know, but <laughs> you got to do it. And uh, you get kind of beat up from it. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. And it was a good time. Yeah, you know, and, and the funny thing is today where the game's changing a little bit, a lot of linebackers – are more your size that you were back then than they. Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. This, amen. Today's today's game. You'd be a perfect fit for. <laughs> I was born 15 years too early. <laughs> Seriously. I was ahead of my time. I mean, yeah. now, I mean, now it's, it, it's like perfect. I mean, they're looking for linebackers like the way that I played, you know, during my career. You know, every down linebacker that can cover running backs out the backfield, wide receivers, tight ends, stop the run, open field, like open space, like all that, you know. And, and uh, you know, now I think all these teams are looking for, for linebackers like that. I mean, it's more of a passing game now, so you got to be able to operate in open space and be able to be familiarize yourself with pass coverage, getting back deep and setting up and making tackles in the open field. And, you know, that was my forte, you know, but – 
I'm just really happy that I was part of that change of the guard. Cause I think we came in uh, our draft class in 1996 with Ray Lewis, Zach Thomas, uh, Randall Godfrey. God, we had so many linebackers. Um, John Mobley, we all came out and we're all, we're kind of undersized, but we can run. And I think that kind of helped revolutionize and change the game for, for our position. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, they, as the defense got faster, so did the offense. Uh, and, you know, it's been in like this, re, you know, repetitive thing where the game keeps getting faster and faster. And you look, you look at the game today and you look at maybe tapes from like the, the mid eighties, it doesn't even seem like the same game anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, guys are getting bigger and faster. I mean, if, you know, just, I mean, I've been out for 10 years. So just in 10 years, I mean, you guys, guys that are just contained, I don't know what they're eating. I mean, they're getting bigger and they're getting faster. They're getting you know, smarter. I mean, just incredible. It really is. I mean, when I saw Cam Newton, have you seen Cam Newton up, up close to purple? Yeah. yeah. He, he looks like a, back in the day, a prototypical linebacker. Oh my gosh. The guy is massive. Are you guys listening right now? If you guys haven't seen Cam Newton up close and personal, how old is he? I mean, how how tall is he? Six, He's six, six, five. Six, six, five, but thick, wide. Yeah. I mean, tall, his hands are big. I mean, I remember <laughs> I, I met him in New York and I, and, uh, I, uh, I shook his hand and my, he just swallowed up my hand. And I'm looking up out <laughs> of him, at him. And I never forget, we took a picture and I was like a little kid next to this guy. I mean, but this, <laughs> is that generation that's coming through. I mean, yeah. and I got to tackle this guy, yeah. right? I thought tackling Jerome Bettis was bad enough, but now I got to tackle this guy who's also throwing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I love the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's really competitive. Yeah. I, it, I remember it's, it's competitive uh, out there. you talk about Jerome Bettis and then before him, there was Earl Campbell. I, I remember uh, doing an interview with one of the Patriots linebackers from the seventies and eighties. Steve Nelson, he's in their team Hall of Fame. He's a great guy. And and I was asking him about the toughest running back he ever had to face as an inside linebacker. And, you know, Nelly was about – he was more the typical size, like a 250 guy. And he was yeah. like, I used to hit Earl Campbell going full speed, and it felt like I was running into a brick wall where there's it was no give whatsoever. Man. And you just fall off, and every part of your body hurt. <laughs> Man. I'm telling you, I can relate. I mean, think about it. So we, as a linebacker, we have offensive linemen that are double the size of us. I mean, they're massive. They're huge people, and they're blocking us. So I would have to, on a running play, get off of linemen that's trying to, like, scoop up to me, like a guard tackle uh, scooping up on me. I got to take on that big 350-pound lineman, and I have to shed him, get off, and throw a little chicken wing out there to try to tackle someone like Jerome Bettis that's just coming down with a full head of steam, right? <laughs> So all I have is, like, my little shoulder. I'm trying to get off a block, right? I'm trying to get this big offensive lineman, and I'm sticking out my arm. And I'll never forget, I, I know one of the plays. He came straight downhill, and all he saw was that little arm hanging out. He just blew my shoulder completely off my, off my body. It was, it was crazy. Because that's all you get. I mean, the key is to try to make the tackle. And if, if, if that's all you can get, that's all you can get. And when these guys are coming downhill with a full head of steam, I mean, it is, it's challenging for sure. But, hey, it's fun. I love yeah, game. and you know, you you mentioned that 2006 Chargers team you were on. I always remember that divisional playoff game against New England because it was right after that that everyone was saying you were going to come to New England. And in that game, I, I'll always remember 
you dominated that game. There was like 15 tackles, an interception, a forced fumble, and I think you had a sack of Tom Brady. And I was like, if the Patriots get this guy, then they're looking good next year for 2007. Yeah. But yeah, that had I got been cut. a bitter loss, especially <laughs> being at home. And I got and I got cut after that game. Yeah. <laughs> Pack my bags up and go home. Born and raised in San Diego, and yeah. Well, I got I, don't know how they I got cut you after that. Well, our head coach got 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 fired too. We all got fired. So I came I came to the Chargers with. Marty Schottenheimer, he brought a lot of his, uh, you know, people that he'd work with. So he knows the type of character and the work ethic, things like that. So he brought a bunch of us from Kansas City. And I thought over the years, we, you know, earned our keep and, you know, to show that we're doing a great job. And after going 14 and two, and I think you remember that game in 2007, in January 2007, when the Patriots came back and beat our, our team at home. Um, we all got fired right after that. We all got fired right after that game. 14 and two coach Marty Schottenheimer, um, you know, everybody else that went down. I mean, it just kind of changed the whole dynamics of that team. It's unfortunate too, because, you know, being a fan and being born and raised in San Diego, I mean, we certainly had a chance to have a Super Bowl championship for San Diego uh, with the Chargers. But unfortunately, I mean, that's all woulda, coulda, shoulda now, right? Right. Well, and then the very next year, they're back against New England in the uh, AFC Championship game in New England. And that's what Philip Rivers played that game with a torn ACL. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget yeah. that. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Talk about the guts. They, People talk about guts. Yeah, oh, that guy's tough. I love Philip. Philip's a great, you know, Philip is a great player. He's a great teammate. Just one of those guys you love having around. I mean, great family man. Lived down the street from me here in San Diego when he was uh, uh, playing for the team. Just a great guy. I mean, you will love him. Joking around in the locker room, just a guy's guy, but just tough as nails on the field. I mean, this guy will go to bat for you. If someone did you wrong, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can uh, recall some of the, um, the the old tape with the uh, Broncos after the game. I think it was, no, the Patriots. That was the Patriots after the game. The Patriots, right. yeah, it was the Patriots. Yeah, with Sean yeah. Merriman, that's right, yeah. Yes, um, uh, yeah. And, oh, so, yeah. I mean, and no one talks more smack during a game than Phillip does. He does, yeah, he does, but he backs it up, too. I mean, he yeah. makes those tight throws, and, you know, and, and, and I've had the opportunity to play against them, play with them and against them. And when I was in Kansas City, when we used to, you know, um, in Kansas City, I never forget because, of course, we're friends and he's, you know, every little pass that he makes or any type of play they got, yeah, how you like that, Donnie? Donnie, how you like that? <laughs> how you like that? And of course, I'm like huffing and puffing, pissed off that we gave up a score. And I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> all right, yeah. Philip. But that's the way he is. And then after the game, we're hugging each other and like, hey, you know, yeah. So he's a great guy. Yeah, Tough guy as well. Yeah. And, uh, I heard Dan Marino was very, very similar in that aspect. In fact, uh, the same guy from the Patriots, Steve Nelson, told me that one time uh, they were playing the uh, the Dolphins and the first series of the game, you know, Marino threw a pass to the sideline and Nelson picked it off and they're going high-fiving each other going off the field. as like defensive guys yeah. do. And Marino started yelling at him and he said, hey, fat ass, when we get the ball back, <laughs> I'm going to throw the exact same play three times in a row, and I'm going to burn your ass down the field. Mm. I asked Nelson about it, and he said, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those guys are tough, man. Some of those older guys, especially because I, 
I remember because, like, you know, being a young player, you try to talk a little trash to some of the old the, the old timers. I'll tell you a quick story. We were playing the Tennessee Titans, and you might remember uh, a guy named um, Bruce Matthews. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So do I, and so does my so does my shoulder and my head. Um, but I'll tell you a quick story. So Bruce, at the time, I mean. You know, he was still playing. I mean, the guy played every position on the offensive line, just tough as nails, played for, I don't know, 30 years in the NFL. I mean, the guy's just a, a beast. And um, I remember he was out there in the game. He was starting because someone else got hurt, so he ended up starting. And uh, so I'm talking trash to him, you know, first quarter, talking trash. What are you doing, old man? It's a young man's game. You need to get your butt off the field. Get your ass off the field, man. It's a young man's game. You're too old to be out here talking all this crap, right? Well, a few plays later in the game, they run a trap play, and I'm coming through the hole thinking I'm unscathed, like no one's going <laughs> to touch me and make the tackle. Just as I was, like, crouching down, getting ready to make the tackle, Bruce Matthews came out of, I don't know, the tunnel and hit me so hard, hit me so hard. I mean, I was so shocked how hard this guy hit me. And, you know, anytime you get hit from the side, it hurts even worse. And Bruce Matthews hit me so hard, and – the crazy thing about it, when I was like looking around, like what hit me right now, it was Bruce Matthews that helped me up and said, you know, let me help you up, kid. <laughs> and and I realized that, you know what, be careful, be careful about talking trash to some of the older guys that play this game because these guys are tough and just gentlemen about it too. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, from this day on, anybody you know mentions Bruce Matthews, that guy is tough as nails. I mean. He wasn't just playing on towards the end of his career just to play. This guy played, and he played at a high level. Same thing with Ricky Waters, too. These guys are just, I mean, some of these guys that played later in the career are just t- tough as nails. And that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So do, do you miss it? Uh, you watch the game on Sundays now. Do you still miss it? Or, you know, um, yeah, you still... of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing, I played football for 30 years, you know, so for 30 straight years, I put a football helmet on. And played football every summer, every August, every September. I had a football helmet on, you know, running full speed into someone uh, for 30 years. And then it just ends, right? It just ends. Hang your cleats up and you can't play anymore. And this is a game that I played quite a bit. And I loved it. I love the competition. I love, you know, you know, being with the boys and, you know, having purpose, trying to obtain our goal every play, every game, every year. And then all of a sudden, that's just taken away from you. Um, so when I watch it, of course, it's a little bit different watching from a fan or a spectator versus playing because um, I looked at the game differently, of course. So you never want to watch a football game with me because the remote is in my hand. And the game may take about five or six hours to get through because on <laughs> every play, I'm stopping, analyzing, explaining it. No, 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 that's not right. Watch this block here. It's a linebacker on this side. It needs to get here. The safety should come down over this way. And all my friends, my wife included, gets all pissed off like, oh, my gosh, Donnie, can we just watch the fucking game? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 sorry. But then yeah. and then I get I, so frustrated. Like, yeah. And I get so frustrated. And then I'm like, I can't watch this shit, you know? Because I, I don't know. I just expect – I don't know. I, don't know. I, sometimes I think, you, you know, when you know too much about – something and someone says something else and you want to like critique it and follow it and do the right way, I guess. I mean, same thing, you know, look, same thing what you did for a living too. If you watch some 
some films and stuff. You try to critique it all all day, you know. And it's My kind wife of hard says to the same things when we watch a military film. She's like, "Oh no, I'm not watching a military film with you." Right, right. You know, you're going to tell me everything's wrong. I just want to sit there and be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, when it's your profession, I mean, we're professionals. You know, and we're you very get detailed. About your profession, yeah, right? very I, specific. I, I, yeah. And then it just throws you off too, like, oh, that's bullshit. That that doesn't work, right? Like that's like, oh god. Then it just destroys you for the whole movie or for the whole game. Trust me. So you understand, and all you guys, you guys understand the same the same sentiments that I have about about watching. You know, it's different. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. Um, I know you said you uh, you had a lot of military stuff in your home. Um, yeah. And although you had never spent time in the military, in it. Now, uh, you, you also told me that when you were a player, and since you're still doing it today, you go on uh, a lot of the USO tours. How did all that start for you? Well, it started a long time ago. I mean, I'm born and raised here in San Diego, and it's a big military town for the Navy and also the Marine Corps. Cool. So all my family served in the, you know, the military and currently serving today. So this is in my blood. It's in my DNA here. Um, I was going to join the Marines uh, out of high school. Um, if I didn't get a scholarship or get drafted in baseball. Um, so that's just what we do. We serve our country. And it goes back to my grandfather, uh, Max Razzo. He's a, a Pearl Harbor survivor, World War II veteran, um, Native American, Apache Indian. Um, you talk about a guy that was very proud of his service and always uh, took a lot of pride in it and of what his generation did. I grew up without a father, and he was essentially my father figure. So he got me on the straight and narrow um, back when I was really young, he gave me the platform to understand the opportunity that I have in this, in this great country, you know, um, it, you know, telling me no matter where you come from, if you work hard in this country, you can achieve anything and being one of 11 kids growing up, you know, it, it, it all made sense to me. Um, I used to go with him with all his friends over to the, you know, you know, to the BFW and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I'd be around all of his boys and that's what he really loved. And, um, you know, he just instilled all these great qualities about the country that we live in and don't take it, you know, don't take freedom for granted. Um, there's a lot of people that come to this country with nothing in their pockets and they only want one thing, and that's opportunity. And you're born here. You're born here. You know, there's no excuses why you can't be successful. And he always told me, like, don't see yourself as a victim. You're born in the greatest country in the world. You're a victor. You won. You won. You're not a victim. doesn't matter where you come from. You won. If you're born in this country, you won. And that's the mentality that I took for the whole entire, you know, my whole entire life. And uh, so, you know, and having a lot of my family members, you know, serve and, 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 you know, in different branches and just being around it, I just understand, like, I'm so lucky to change my life, have an opportunity to go to UCLA, get a master's degree, be the first one in my generation to even have a, a degree like that. And to play all these years in NFL and change my life and give it, and it gives me this platform to give back, you know, um, it's just, just a dream come true. And I'm just so blessed that I was born in the greatest country in the world, you know, and I want to, you know, I want to recognize all the ones who made it possible for me to have this opportunity and this freedom. And that's the men and women that serve, that raise their hand, take the oath to defend this nation. I mean, by having that freedom and the opportunity to play football, think about it, I'm a football player. You know, so I don't take that for granted. And I'm only able to do this and have this life on the backs of the, the, the men and women that serve. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. So it's, it's I want to just raise awareness and put it out there and let people know, don't take it for granted don't take it for granted, you know? So that's why it resonates with me. That's awesome. And for those of us who got to watch you play and, you know, and then, you know, for the younger generation, when you still go visit, I know you told me you, you went on a USO tour just last year to the country of Niger and you'll have to, you'll have to tell our, our, our listeners about the base there because they've heard the stories about it, but they have some fresh perspective on that. Yeah, I don't really call it a base because, like, you know, I've been to, you know, I've been to uh, to Bagram. I've been to the bases, you know, in, in Afghanistan. And look, those are real bases. I mean, it's McDonald's and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this uh, this place, uh, this camp, as I should say, the camp in Niger, <laughs> essentially <laughs> that. It's, it's a bunch of tents that are just put together. I mean, just put together and, you know, and, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And there's these signs in the uh, latrines that has these pictures of like this foot and, you know, everywhere you walk, even in you have to make sure your feet are covered because they have these parasites that are in the dirt that will attack your feet. And according to the pictures, this looks awful, you know? So you just think about all this different stuff. And I remember when we went into town and he said, Hey, if anything happens, car accident, anything you get hurt, please, please do not go to the hospital because you will die from bacteria 
if you go there, make sure you call and get over here to the base and we'll fly you out to where we need to go to. But it's pretty interesting. You know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, uh, rangers out there and a lot of like service members. Um, and we had, and there was a big contingent of, uh, contractors actually from San Diego. So it was kind of nice to, uh, you know, to see those guys out there and uh, bring a little bit of home back, you know, out there to Africa. So it was an experience for sure. It's fun though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know that like, I, I've been to some pretty nasty places, but a friend of mine who's, who's been to even more than I have by a long shot, he told me the worst place he's ever been was Niger. So I'll, uh, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that for what it's worth. I'll take his word yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah. It was an experience. It was great. I went with uh, Robert Patrick and um, and uh, um, uh, geez, set my mind. Um, Scooby Doo, um, Matt. Oh gosh. Anyways, <laughs> set my mind. <laughs> That's okay. But l- let's oh, go Matt to the, the yeah Lillard. Sorry, Matt Lillard. Miller. Oh okay. Yeah, Matthew yeah. Lillard. Yeah. Yeah, he was an actor, and uh, also Robert Patrick is an actor as well. Yeah, I remember Robert Patrick in one of the Terminator flicks. Yeah, he he yeah, played the li- sure. he played the Liquid Terminator. I think That's it was right. That's right. <laughs> what a great guy! Yeah, what a great guy! Yeah. Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. What a great guy! We had such a good time. These are Patriots, man. They're they're solid. I mean, it's just incredible to go out there with them and to uh, share this experience and, and talk to the guys. And it, it was wonderful. These guys are great, great guys. So, yeah, let, let's uh, start talking about your foundation. I know that, you know, uh, you, you're the founder and you're the head guy over there at Best Defense Foundation. You know, what possessed you to uh, – I know you, you talked about your love and respect for the military. Was that the reason you decided to go in this direction? Yeah, you know, like I've been incredibly blessed and, you know, and, and able to play this great game and to change my life. And – I know it's on the backs of the men and women that serve and I want to raise awareness, recognition and say thank you to the men and women that serve. And it means a lot to me to give back. I mean, I'm so blessed to have this platform and this opportunity to do it. Thanks to football. Thanks to be born in America. Thanks for my freedom, all of that stuff. And I don't take it for granted. So we want to put it out there. We want to thank our veterans, celebrate, recognize them. Um, starting with the oldest to the youngest, but we cover the whole gamut. And uh, our motto is taking care of the ones who took care of us taking care of the ones who took care of us. And we really believe it. We're all volunteers and we're just trying to pay it forward, you know, to give back to what they gave so much to all of us. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, on your website, I saw a picture of you when you were still playing with the chiefs and mm-hmm. you uh, are standing next to Roger Donlin, who was, yeah. uh, the first Medal of Honor uh, recipient from the Vietnam War, and he was Vietnam War. Yes, and he ended up commanding the Special Forces unit I was in in Panama. So, oh wow, yeah. wow, yeah, uh, he's he's a great yeah he's a great man. Uh, he lives in uh, Leavenworth, uh, just right there, not far from the stadium, just up the road a little bit. Um, what a great guy! I've met him a few times. Matter of fact, I was just with him in January at the. Uh, at the Chiefs um, uh, championship game in Kansas City. So we're together again. And uh, it was really good to see him because um, we're together in that picture back in 2008 or 2007 together. And uh, it was really good to see him again. 
Have you had a chance to read his book? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, he's, a great he's, man. A, he's a tremendous – and he's very uh, self-depreciating, I guess, would be a way – he's very humble and, uh, you know, uh, he's just a really great guy. But, uh, yeah, when I saw that picture, I was like, oh, wow, you know, he, he met uh, Colonel Donlin. So I thought that was <laughs> – I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. One of the programs you guys have, I'm really intrigued by, and it's Battlefield Return. It's a, like a once-in-a-lifetime experience for vets to go back and visit some of the battlefields. Have you gone on any of the trips with these guys doing that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I plan, organize, facilitate, run a lot of the programs. I've been taking – I've been taking uh, veterans back, World War II veterans, Vietnam veterans back for 14 years. And wow. back when I was playing, I was just doing it. I don't, you know, just doing it actually. I, I met some guys and they wanted to go back and they couldn't go back. I said, well, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. And that's, that's what we did. And, and it just started growing and growing and growing and growing. I mean, it's amazing when you take some of these guys back to Europe um, for the commemorations and the ceremonies, the events. I mean, it's incredible, and it's great for these guys to see it firsthand and see all the love for, you know, that, you know, the recognition that they so deserve that, unfortunately, they don't really get it here in America. So it's good for them to go out there and see it, and, you know, for 10 days, they're just uh, rock stars. They really are. I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. If you watch some of our videos on our YouTube page or, or website, you'll see some of our battle for returns that we've done in the past. I mean, it's just incredible. All the people that are out there, but um, yeah, so we did five programs last year from Iwo Jima, um, Holland, Normandy, Germany, Burgess garden, Eagles nest. And uh, you know, yeah, so it was wonderful. I think we took uh, almost 70 veterans back last year, 70 World War II veterans back last year because, you know, to our events. So it's just wonderful, and I encourage anyone listening right now to get a chance and watch one of those videos. Maybe we can put a link to the video there so you can kind of see, you know, what we do and how we do it and how we recognize and honor, you know, our veterans, you know. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. In fact, uh, you know, uh, my dad fought in across France and Germany and during World War II. He was in armored units, and uh, his lieutenant, who would end up his best friend in the Army after my dad passed away, him and his daughter went, my, this guy had kept a diary of every little mm-hmm. town they were in across France. And, and he wow. retraced his steps with his daughter. Um, wow. And uh, I, I, I got to talk with him afterwards and he sent me pictures and all this. And it was really neat because one little town that they had stopped in and nothing really happened there. They just spent a, a, a night in this little French town, but you know, the mm-hmm. civilians befriended them and brought them out some food and they took pictures and all this. One of the old ladies who was there in the village brought out the picture of this guy when he was like in his 20s, you know, during the war in France and said, isn't that you? And he was like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, well, this was me. And she was like in her 20s at the time herself. So. I thought that was mm. so neat, and uh, yeah, I would I would yeah. love to go on something like that with some of the old vets. Yeah, you know, it makes a difference, and uh, you know, the way that we do it um, is pretty unique because we don't bring family, right? We don't bring wives, we don't bring daughters. We just bring the boys, mm-hmm. we bring, bring and the women that were there, 
they speak their own language, as you know, like just on teams. I mean, you speak, you know, we speak our own language. And I want to make sure that the camaraderie and that brotherhood is, is intact. And we provide opportunities, you know, to go back where they can actually like, you know, remember, talk about it with their brothers and find that closure. You know, there's mm-hmm. been so many guys who, um, it's like Russell Pickett. I mean, he was honored if you watched the, the speech uh, last year by Donald Trump, you know, at the Omaha Beach Cemetery for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Russell Pickett, um, who came with us on program, uh, one of 17 veterans who came with us on program last year, was recognized and honored and honored by the president. And he's never, ever gone back. And he's part of the Bedford brothers. And uh, first wave Omaha Beach, you know, you know the whole story. Mm-hmm. And never talked about it, never, you know, never come back. And we provide an opportunity for him at no cost to come back and to finally have that closure. All he wanted to do was go right back to his objective that he was supposed to, you know, to hit. But unfortunately, he got blown up and he you know, hit a flamethrower is pretty special mm. and uh, yeah so it just you know look um yeah his story is is on our side as well i mean just just but just need to give you know him that opportunity and unfortunately uh mr pickett passed away last month and I, i'm just really happy that before he passed he was able to to have that closure you know to close that book with his brothers and sisters to you know, to you know, to help them for the rest of his life, and to go back to his old objective, and uh, yeah, see I all think the people, that... yeah, see all the people that were there. I mean, there's thousands of people there just to shake their hand, get the autograph, kiss them on the cheek, and just say thank you, you know, because they don't forget out there. I will tell you that that it, you know, they don't forget, and it's really great for them to see that on that level. That that's so awesome. I I would love to go on a trip like that someday because I know that my own dad. I mean. He never talked about the war, uh, you know, the, the entire time that, you know, uh, until he passed away. Even after I was in the military, I'd come home. You know, we, we'd talk about certain things, and he would tell me funny stories about, you know, some of his friends. I never knew anything that he had actually done until after he passed away. And some of the guys came to the uh, to the wake in his funeral, and that's when we started learning all this stuff and the driver Mm -hmm. of his tank hands me this book that my father's in. And he's like, yeah, read about your father now. (laughs) I would have loved to have a conversation with him about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At least get it done on video. So that's what we do. So we have a whole, you know, uh, a whole, you know, a database of interviews that we Mm -hmm. try to record these stories. So we can have them forever. You know, once you get it down on video, you hear their story first person, you have it forever in perpetuity, you know, to, uh, to pass it on to the next generation. And part of the educational aspect of what we do is so important. And, you know, we got to make sure that the next generation doesn't, for, you know, doesn't forget about what this greatest generation did and all the people that, you know, that serve this country do. Um, every time we have a program, um, we always, always go to, you know, at least one or two schools and always connect with the generation, uh, the next generation, so they can see firsthand and talk to, you know, the veterans. So no matter where we go around the world, I mean, we always make a point to do a school visit as well. I mean, because as you know, it's 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 imperative and it's very important. Yeah, and we're losing so many of those World War II vets every day, and uh, you know, it's it's once their stories are gone, they're gone forever. That's why I think what you guys are doing, why you know, taping them is so important. I think uh, because that now their stories will be, you know, 
they'll be told forever. And I think yeah. we need more of that. Yeah, you know, because uh, gone but never forgotten, right? So mm-hmm. we always want to continue to tell their story. That keeps them alive, right? And uh, it's it's very important, you know. And when I see some of the guys that we've did, you know, we've we've done us, uh, you know, uh, stories on, and now that they're gone, it's even more special to hear it from them, from their, you know, from their lips. You know, it's just just important. It's just really special. And I'm glad that you know that we are doing that. You know, all the veterans on our program, you know, we. Um, you know, we do background on them and, and do an interview and we do a card for them. And it's just, it's really in depth. It's great for the family. It's great for the veteran, especially some of the guys who never really talked about it or knew anything about it. We, you know, we do the research and we're able to tell their story for their family forever. You know, it's there forever now. I just wish that I had an opportunity to do it for my grandfather before he passed. And yeah. And you said he was a Pearl Harbor vet. Um, yeah. yeah. He, did, did he ever go back? Uh, well, he went back. That's where his ashes were spread, you know. Oh, um, that's fantastic. Yep. 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 Right at Pearl Harbor. Um, he passed away in 2004 and, uh, you know, full honors there in Pearl Harbor. He wanted his ashes to be spread back with his brothers that he lost. And so he's there. So every time I go to Pearl Harbor, um, and I go to Hawaii, I always, uh, pay my respects to my grandfather, you know, and it's always special to me. But, uh, yeah, so during the war in 41, I mean, he was at Schofield Barracks and, um, you know, part of 25th Infantry back then. Um, so he was in the Army mm-hmm. during the attack. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's fantastic. One of the other things you're doing is obviously of uh, great interest to me, the transition training camps, because you was, uh, in your website you mentioned there's a critical need to help re- recently retired special forces operators to return to civilian life and tell our listeners a little bit about this. Well, it's very similar to what we're doing right now in the NFL, you know, like life after the game, it's tough. Sometimes it's hard to navigate yourself through this. So what we wanted to do was to bring, you know, what I've learned and what's been helpful and successful in the NFL to our guys, especially here in San Diego. I was, uh, you know, just, just a talk, talking to one of their, our, our, uh, our Navy SEALs here, and he's like, oh, God, I wish we had something like that in place for us when we got done. And that's how it started. And what it is, it's like it's bringing the guys together, right? So we're all together talking about the brotherhood, camaraderie, and we have speakers, you know, coming in and, and helping guys, but also, like, you know, helping them and being, you know, advocates of giving them the direction of where they need to go. Because there's so I mean, as you know, there's so many different organizations that are out there that are, mm-hmm. you know, that are doing stuff, but sometimes it's hard to like navigate. Okay, where do I go? How do I do this? So we provide that. We're that person who, who provides that that pathway, you know, for the, the guys to go down. And uh, we're going to be doing our we're going to be doing uh, a, a, another program here first quarter of uh, of next year, if you know, depending on coronavirus. But right. you know, it's just yeah. really important. Yeah, it's really important. I'm really excited about that. That's great. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the, uh, how you videotape everything. That's uh, one of the things you, you guys uh, ha- also have on your website, pre- preserving that living history. And uh, I think that is so important, especially, you know, um, <clears throat> so many, like I said, they, we're losing them by the hundreds every day. And it's yeah. so important that these guys are all that generation. They don't like talking about themselves. You know, it's right. like, it's right. tough right. getting them to talk, 
But once you do, it, their stories are all amazing, aren't they? Oh my gosh, yeah. We're you know we have a series that's coming out uh, that's been out actually. I think we're on our third series now. It's uh, it's pretty incredible because you hear it exactly from them and like like you said, once you get them talking where they feel comfortable, then all of a sudden it all comes out. And I've been really lucky to be privy, you know, to set the environment, the guys that feel safe to talk about these things because I've been involved in some little powwows where you know it got pretty hot and heavy and, you know, guys are hugging each other and tears are going and smiles are going and just like, you know, letting things off their chest and getting that closure that they never discussed or talked about. I mean, I won't go to it right now, but I mean, some of the guys have been holding on to this for a long time. And, and finally, you know, in their twilight years of their life, were able to find an environment with their brothers where they could talk about it and be okay with that, not be judged about things and to finally get off their chest. And I got to tell you, it's, it's special. And I remember looking to my team and said, this is exactly why we do what we do. Because we just provided that opportunity for that, you know, for that veteran. And it's special. I mean, it really is. It's special. Now, th- this is a totally nonprofit foundation that you have. How many folks are, are working with you on this? Well, we're all volunteers. So no one's getting paid here. We're a full 501c3 nonprofit. So money that comes in, all the donations that come in, go directly back out to our veterans. And, um, you know, it's important to us because I mean, we've already we've already been paid. <laughs> we've already been paid. You know, we got this tremendous freedom in his life and it's just a service that we do to give back and to honor and to recognize you know, the men and women that serve. It's important. And to raise awareness as well, because I think a lot of people just take it for granted what we have. So I'm trying to use, like, you know, my platform of, of being a former NFL player to just make people aware about, hey, man, <laughs> you're in America. You're in the greatest country in the world. You're free. You know? You're a victor. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You won. Take advantage of the opportunity. Only in America, I mean, I'm living proof. Think about it. I'm living proof. I'm one of 11 kids on welfare. You know, I'm the American dream. Thank God for people that serve and give us this opportunity to change our lives. So I recognize that. I don't forget that. I never forget where I came from and, and, and this opportunity that I had to play football and to, you know, to, to be talking to you right now. I mean, who knows? That opportunity wasn't there in my life where I'd be today. So I'm very grateful, and I'm aware of it, and I just want to spread the awareness to other people who just take it for granted. Yeah, and, you know, and right now it seems like in this time of our history, it seems like a lot of people aren't joining the military because it seems like a lot of, like, sons are following fathers. Like you said, your family was all military. Mm-hmm. we're having like almost a cast of military type families. And a lot of Americans really aren't uh, taking that step forward and, and joining and, and serving their country. It seems. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I mean, do you know why that is? I don't. Uh, I wish yeah. I knew the answer. I'd probably be a really rich man. <laughs> Well, 39 in San Diego. I mean, I think it's a big, you know, big military town here. So I know there's a, there's quite a few here. I think when it's around you, you're aware of it. But you know, like everything in life, out of mind, out of sight, I guess. You know, and it's never that way in my eyes. You know, my sister spent, you know, almost a year in Iraq, and when she has a six-year-old uh, son, you know, she's divorced and trying to like find a way where her son's gonna, you know, stay, go to school, and and move it around the country to different family members. I understand, you know, it's tough. That sacrifice is tough. And plus, she has to go out and do her job as well. 
along with, you know, trying to worry about what's going on with her son back home. Difficult. I understand that. I see that. So I understand that, you know, you know, this is, it's never out of my out of sight with me because it's real. You know, this is, you know, this is a real feeling, a real deal family. Now, how can, uh, you know, anybody of our listeners uh, that are out there, if they want to uh, donate, how can, how can they go about doing that? And, uh, you know, giving something back to a foundation like your own that can help uh, with these programs. Yeah, it'd be great to, to help continue our, you know, our mission to honor, recognize, and celebrate our veterans. Um, either going on our website, bdf.org, bdf.org, and just go to the donation link there. Um, like I said, it's a full tax write-off, 501c3, or you know, just mail a check over to um, our business address, and we will receive it there where you'll get a letter of you know, tax receipt for your records and everything like that. But, you know, anything and everything helps. You know, as you know, it's been a tough year uh, this year. We're not able to do our fundraiser this year. Um, so we want to continue the mission and keep everything going. So everything is, is, is definitely greatly, um, you know, needed for sure. So really appreciate it. So um, I see on your, your website, there's a picture of your grandfather. Um, at Pearl Harbor in 1941, holding a pineapple. I love that. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Mom, look, I'm in Hawaii, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I mean, we. I think all of us did stuff like that. That's why when I saw the picture on your website, I was like, oh, yeah, we've all done that. Because when you're in someplace exotic, especially coming from, like, I grew up in Boston. So anything like, uh, you know, tropical had to send a picture home so yeah i mean he's 19 years old you know i mean i'm in hawaii i mean he didn't travel anywhere before you know I mean, let alone have a pair of shoes um so that, that was a big deal you know you look at that and it's pretty iconic i love the picture too because you know for a fact where he was at that time you know um i, I think he's holding an m1 grand too yeah so i think uh i think his unit uh I received the M1 Garands before um, the war started. So I think he was one of the first units to receive the M1 Garand. And there's another picture on there where he's cleaning the M1 Garand as well. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and uh, you uh, you have pretty good staff there, and they're all helping out. And, you know, uh, so I know that, you know, because of the coronavirus, you're uh, – fundraiser this year was off but um what do you got planned for you know 2021 yeah well it's tough i mean right now you know i mean even with our education initiative like we are just doing you know zoom you know <laughs> you know zoom programs now you know mm -hmm. for education initiative because we can't be in school because normally uh for veterans month you know we do uh take a veteran to school and bring veterans to schools to, to talk to the kids and do assembly and do breakouts and then the classroom and yeah so all of that you know has all been canceled pearl harbor has been canceled i mean a lot of the commemorations and programs have been canceled um and there's really no travel i mean as americans we really can't travel um you know mm -hmm. very many places so that aspect is you know is limited um but um you know we just have to keep, you know, keep moving forward. I mean, I think it's affecting everybody right now. It's changing. It's going to wrinkle in everybody's plans right now. But, you know, we'll get through this. I'm not worried about it. We'll get through it, and we'll just keep going. Right. And uh, on your website, it says, you know, besides 22 years of giving back, 
you guys have traveled over half a million miles uh, yeah. for the battlefield return. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, we, as a veteran myself, we can't thank you guys enough for giving back. I think that's, uh, it's fantastic. It's always nice to be remembered, you know, um, yeah. as you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, if people, I'm sure you come across people that remember you from your playing days it is nice yeah. to be remembered and thanked for your service. So, and yeah, it is. Speaking yeah, for is. all of us veterans, we we thank you very much for that. Uh, it, it, stuff like this, I love reading about stuff like this. Taking vets back to the, you know, especially those World War II battle sites. I know you guys had one going to the Battle of the Bulge uh, not too long ago, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean the Battle of the Bulge. We. Uh... Iwo Jima this year got canceled. I mean, yeah, it, it's just been, yeah, <laughs> it's been tough, you know. Um, you know, we had a, a, a program uh, going to Hawaii for the end of World War II on September 2nd, uh, just, you know, last month. And we had 20, 20 Pacific veterans going back with us. And, you know, we had it all dialed in. And we had our own travel bubble, hotel, airplane. So only our group would be together and, and all the guys be together. So it was all planned. And then, the governor, uh, six days out, and the admiral of the Navy uh, there in Pearl Harbor canceled it. You know, they canceled uh, six days out, and it's unfortunate because a lot of these guys are really looking forward to getting out of their house and, you know, and, and, uh, and being part of that commemoration. So that was a yeah, bummer, that, unfortunate. Yeah, especially we when they get ready. Yeah. Yeah, they were you know, when they're getting up there in to age, too, it's not like uh, they they have a lot of tomorrows left, you know. Right. And you talk to him, they're like, Don, he's like, I want to go. I'm going anyway. I mean, what do I have to lose? Well, you're just, you know, keeping me alive to stay in my house. I got to live. I'm 96 years old. I got to live. You know, I want to go. I want to do. I mean, you know, and, and I get it. Trust me, I get it. I, I get it. But I said, you know, sir, with all due respect, it's out of our control. You know, yeah. of course, I would do it if it's safe and, and it was going to happen. But ultimately, it's out of my control. You know, this is, this is up on the chain a little bit higher than me, but, you know, we want to make sure that we do what we can for the guys. And, you know, we're, and uh, I mean, um, Korea is coming up next year, if that goes off and uh, heading back to Vietnam with some Vietnam veterans as well. So I'm looking forward to next year. If, if we can get through this coronavirus. Now that's awesome. And Hey, Donnie, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all night long about the NFL, but you know, <laughs> I know you're a busy man. And uh, we we want to really thank you for taking the time to join us here this afternoon because uh, we appreciate all that you're doing and giving back to the veterans. Uh, I can't thank you enough for that. And thank you for taking the time with us on Soft Rep. But before we go, I just wanted to, I have to always read my uh, little blurb here at the end. Hey, do you want Soft Rep on your phone? Download our free mobile app and get easy access to all of our articles, podcasts, and gear reviews, all perfectly formatted to your device. Please subscribe to softrep.com to get access to our library of eBooks and our exclusive team room forums and content available for all Apple and Android devices. Donnie, thanks again for joining us. I mean, this was a pleasure for me. I, I was a guy that followed you in the NFL. I wanted you on the Patriots. I know that's not a nice thing <laughs> To wish on anybody to you know want them to live in the frozen tundra, but I, I would have loved to see you in a Patriots uniform. Um, but even more so, thanks for all you're doing for our veterans. It's greatly appreciated, man. You're a prince among men. 
No, well, thank you so much, Steve, and thank you for your service and all the and all the veterans that serve this country. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and we're going to continue to raise awareness around the league and around this country to let people know that freedom is not free. It's because of the work that you guys do, and and I'm, we're going to continue, you know, bring awareness to that. So thank you, buddy. Seriously. All right, man. Don't and, forget. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And we want to thank all of our listeners for list, uh, for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our articles on softrep.com. Uh, this has been a pleasure. For myself, Steve Balistrieri, Donnie Edwards, uh, from everyone over there at Best Defense Foundation, thanks for listening. Don't turn that dial, folks. We'll be back with another show here real soon. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Could these study results apply to your life? If you or a loved one are living with HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer, take a look at the data for a clinical study where 50% of eligible people with HER2-positive MBC lived over two years without their tumors growing or spreading. Visit HER2Results.com to learn more. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.